2: Are you an idiot? Well, you're in good company. There are about 8 billion idiots on this planet, and that number grows every day. Don't be the guy or gal that says, I'm not an idiot, because that makes you the biggest idiot of all. We all have our moments of brilliance and our moments of idiocy. Embrace it, folks. Don't be ashamed. Without those idiot moments, we would never be able to appreciate our brilliance. Welcome to I Love My Idiot, a podcast about the idiots we love, the idiots we loathe, and the idiots we can't seem to avoid. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Visit our website at ilovemyidiot.com. Welcome
3: to another episode of I Love My Idiot.
2: I'm your equal host, Clyde November.
3: And I'm Rosie November, and we're super excited to have you guys on the show today.
2: And if we sound a little bit different, it's because we're not in our homemade studio today.
3: That's right. We're on the road, baby.
2: That's right. And being on the road, I had to pack up everything in the studio, take it with us. It's probably the first time I ever used tie downs because this yeah. is valuable stuff. <laughs> In the back of our trunk, I tied everything down.
3: Yeah, everything was brought here in a very squishy suitcase.
2: That's right, but we're making it work, and we are currently on vacation. Summer break is about to end, so this was our last hurrah.
3: That's right. We're really excited, so we're actually visiting the great state of Utah.
2: One of Rosie's favorite states, right?
3: Uh- I don't know. It's okay. It seems like a little barren here. Like, there's not a lot of foliage, which was weird for me. they have
2: beautiful mountains, but you claim they're not beautiful. They are not
3: beautiful. Are you kidding? They look like dead mountains. Like, there's no trees on them. It's just a bunch of sand or clay or whatever the dirt is around here.
2: Well, we are visiting someone who is very special, very near and dear to us.
3: That's right. Probably our favorite human on the planet.
2: In fact, what's really great is this person has been on the podcast before, and by popular demand, we have brought her back.
3: That's right. Welcome to the studio made in your house, Claudia. Thanks.
2: I have to say, your studio is not quite as comfortable as ours, but the temperature is a little bit better. It
3: is. It's nice and cool in this room. Usually, Clyde and I record in a room that's about as hot as a sauna.
1: Yeah, I did notice when I was with you, Rosie, it was so hot, I couldn't focus. And toward the end, I started like (laughs) losing consciousness. It kind of reminds me of my parents' house because like the rooms were disproportionately hot in the summer and then in the winter, it would be freezing. So I'm imagining that's how your studio is. Yeah.
2: You know, on that note... Talking about that, we grew up in a very temperature weird house.
1: (laughs) Yes, we did.
2: Dad was so weird with the thermostat.
1: In in fact, it even carried over uh, when Roy and I got married. So we got married in mom and dad's backyard. And um they have a beautiful backyard with all of these beautiful flowers and everything. So we really wanted that as our setting. And it was in the middle of the summer and I knew it was going to be really hot. And I knew it would kill my dad for us to have the air conditioner running. But I also knew I was wearing makeup for a change because I never wear makeup. <laughs> And I had my hair done. and You are so beautiful. Oh, thanks. But anyways, I I did not want to like have my face makeup running and everything like that. So Roy actually taped a $20 bill to the thermostat in hopes that dad would just leave it alone. But every time Roy walked by it, it would be turned back down because... Dad could not handle wasting the energy to um, air condition the house.
3: It didn't matter if it was a special wedding. I know. Exactly. It's like, <laughs> so it's your one day.
1: Yeah. We got to worry about the electric bill, you know? Yeah. He, already, s-
2: he already spent 200 bucks upgrading the deck. <laughs> He wasn't going to spend an extra $10 on electricity that day.
1: Well, that was the funny thing is uh, Roy and I demanded to pay for our own wedding because I was like, I am not letting mom and dad be in control of anything to do with my wedding. Because they're cheap. Exactly. Well, and you guys know very well. Oh, yeah. yeah. We
3: were married for $1,500. Exactly. And (laughs) why don't you guys tell about your photographer? Oh my god. We look like
2: Simpsons characters in all our wedding pictures. Mom it was hired horrible. Mom hired someone through the church that was just bought a new camera and was hoping to become a photographer.
3: She was nine months pregnant.
2: Yeah. We're lucky she didn't deliver on our wedding day. Well
1: I knew mean, yeah. it wasn't a good sign when the time came for like people to stand in for pictures. She couldn't tell people where to stand and it's like yeah. what kind of photographer doesn't arrange people? So we we're all standing in these really awkward lines. And I know. People aren't lined up well and stuff and so then when the, the pictures got developed it just looked awful. It was the
3: worst. And Absolute worst.
1: I remember so mom called me because she actually booked a different photographer and then she called me because she had put a deposit on it and she was so stressed because it cost so much money but then when she told me what she was paying it was hardly anything yeah. compared to what other people pay for photographers so I told her I'm like mom just it's a wedding it's a once in a lifetime thing just go with it mm-hmm. and then the next day she called me and she's like I cancelled it I'm going to have this other girl Oh it. my gosh! <laughs> so I tried to throw you guys a bone
3: oh thanks yes we ended up going a year later and getting professional pictures taken. So we got all dolled back up as if it was exactly. our wedding.
2: Yeah, we show up at the JCPenney's wearing our <laughs> wedding dresses, our my tux. Well,
1: that's hilarious. And I don't know if you guys remember this or not, but when we got married... So we hired uh, these what, this really great wedding photographer and we paid for it all. And mom and dad kept asking me how much we were paying for it. And I refused to tell them because yeah. I knew they would have a cow when they found out how much we paid. But it was like, it's worth every penny. Well, anyways, mom came and told me she she wanted to get family pictures while we had you know, this really nice photographer.
2: Oh yeah. Cause she always tries to double dip with that. Oh,
1: exactly. Yeah. But then she tells me, well, I don't like family pictures where somebody's dressed up like a bride. So will you change your clothes while we get our family pictures? And I was
3: like, Hell no. No. (laughs) This is my wedding. That is not happening. I know.
1: And then she, so anyway, she got, she, I think she was pretty upset because I wouldn't let her get her little perfect family picture. And then. I think you actually photoshopped. I did. You painted me pink, hot pink. (laughs) It
3: looked like (laughs) Pepto-Bismol.
1: mom got framed and
3: I was like, what the hell is this? I am a person who can't say no to your mom. And she was like, you're good at Photoshop, right? And I was like, yeah, I'm all right. What color dress do you want her to have? Bright pink. It's her favorite oh, yeah. color. She'll love it. Oh,
1: yeah. Like, everybody wants to look like a big blob of Pepto. Yeah. You,
2: <laughs> you look like.
3: I saw that picture and I was like, what the hell, mom? <laughs> Just know that that was a a Mama November request, I totally and I made know. it happen. You cannot say no to my mother. I you know can't. That.
1: I, I, no, I you certainly
3: can't. can't. Yeah,
2: we <laughs> all can. We, all I can. Say, we... I do it on a regular basis. We have no problem. You, you want to be I a have good a daughter.
3: Weakness for yeah. your mom. I
1: will do anything for her. So, Clyde, you know this. Mom is the queen of the guilt trip, and so growing up, we had so many guilt trips placed on us that really it has no effect on me my mom could sit in front of me crying and everything and I don't even feel bad because she's done it so many times dude to us. it makes me feel horrible I know well she barely even gives you a minor guilt trip and you're like whatever you want
2: mom I know and you gotta be yeah. careful Rosie because she senses the weakness that's right in you. I
3: know <laughs> it's feeding time for the guilt trips I know it works on me every time. It really does. Well, I guess that's why I'm the daughter she always wished she had. Well, you know? totally. That's true.
1: Let <laughs> me tell you. Okay, I'm going to tell your listeners about this, okay.
3: too. So, I
1: don't know what my mom calls it, but she does this craft day right before Christmas with, like, all these women, and it's, like, a girl's yeah. day. And, like, the two girls who aren't there are me and my sister, uh, yeah. the ones that should be there, because we're, like... What the hell is this? Like, no, we're not coming. I'm there every year. Oh, I know. You're helping plan it. You're <laughs> recruiting people. You're bringing in your friends. Yeah. One time I came into town and you guys were doing the craft day and I was like, yeah, I got to go out with my friends. And <laughs> I <was>. left. <laughs> I'm such a disappointment to my mother.
3: Oh, I don't think that's true. Um, I know it no, is. No, it
2: totally is. Yes. <laughs> You should have been there for Claudia's childhood.
3: Yeah, you're the daughter
1: she always wanted. Like, I'm the daughter she has.
2: (laughs) There were a couple times when I was growing up where mom would try to be disappointed in me. And I started telling her, no, mom, you're not going to be mad at this. (laughs) And you used to make fun of me for doing that. But it worked really well.
3: She just so wanted to be put in her place, if basically. If you go on the offensive, then... Exactly.
2: You got to go on the attack with mom. That's hilarious.
3: And I always just cower in weakness.
2: I know. And she's like a shark. She smells blood in the water.
3: Speaking of your parents, one thing that's really interesting being an outsider looking in is the fact that you both have impressions for your mom and your dad. I would like to hear on the podcast your impressions of your mom and your dad.
2: Well, here's the thing. mom and dad, fight all the time. Totally. It's all they do. It's like their hobby. They just sit there and bicker at each other constantly. And one thing that I noticed is that when mom gets angry, her voice gets deep and angry. And she's like, Sweetie, you need to run! <laughs> and dad's voice gets high and defensive. Sweetie! <laughs> I'm doing my
1: best.
2: Why you always got to criticize? <laughs> but what's interesting is that's what dad's voice sounds like all the time. Totally. He is constantly like, oh, "Who taped this $20 bill to the thermostat?"
3: Well, that's only because about 40 years your guys' mom put his balls in a vice. <laughs>
2: Oh yeah, you're assuming the guy has balls left. They've been squished. Yeah pancakes the at this point. The life has
3: been squished out of them.
2: Although he had balls enough to have five kids. So <laughs> give give props to the but guy. I
1: will say though, there are times where I feel like dad totally wears the pants in the family. So like if mom wants to go buy something, all of a sudden dad gets on this power trip and, and then mom, I almost think she likes to be a martyr and so she'll be like, oh, I can't buy this. This is my impression of mom. Oh, I really wanted to buy this But Dad won't let me. You know she does that.
2: No, that is totally mom. (laughs) Yeah. But then there are other times where mom definitely wears the pants in the family.
1: Mom wore the pants in the family the whole time growing up. Like I know you talked about this earlier in the podcast, but like Mom put the fear in all of us. Like you did not mess with mom, but dad, like he, he was a softie, you know, like he would give you a lecture. He would talk your ear off, but you could you could endure that. Mm-hmm. But mom, like she could terrorize
3: you. Yeah. Yeah. And she doesn't forgive easily either. She'll remember something for forever. Oh, yeah. And like, Clyde, do you remember when
1: we were growing up and you had to clean and mom would do the inspections?
2: Oh, yeah. My first experience (laughs) with the inspection, (laughs) I was five years old and I vaguely remember this. But actually, I don't vaguely remember it. It is super solid because it was so traumatic. So for the first time in my life, my mother tells me I have to clean my own room.
1: How dare she? How dare. You
2: go through from that weird point when your siblings are cleaning the room for you because you're too little.
1: I was that sibling. (laughs) And then (laughs) all of a
2: sudden you have to clean your own room and you're like, this is bull. What I did is I collected all my toys into one pile in the center of the room. Then I grabbed my comforter off the bed and I carefully covered the pile of toys. So I've got this mountain in the center of the room. Now, me as a little five year old, I'm thinking, okay, my room looks clean and no one's going to notice. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So I go downstairs. Now, when you went downstairs and told mom, and maybe you remember this and said, mom, my room is ready. Can I go play? She always said, it needs to be inspected first.
1: Is it ready for inspection? And then
2: you would say yes. And then she would say, no, it's not. Go finish. And she, it would take her a good 15, 20 minutes. To finally quit playing the computer games to come up and inspect (laughs) the room. And the whole time you'd be like, mom, come on. So she finally came up and inspected the room. And I'm thinking this is going to be great. She's not going to notice the mountain. She walked into the room and yanks the blanket right off. And I am just like baffled. Like, how did she notice the mountain of toys (laughs) under this blanket? And she said, what is this? And she starts yelling at me, right? Like, get this room clean. This is a mess. She goes downstairs. You know, Chloe came into the room to comfort me. She said, don't worry. This has been happening to me for three or four years now.
1: (laughs) Welcome to the world, Clyde. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So her and her inspections, it was... Awful.
1: When I was a kid, when mom would send us upstairs and tell us to clean, like we'd just go up there and we'd play games, we'd do all kinds of stuff. And then I'd sit up there for a good hour or two and try to wait her out. Yeah. And then I'd finally start hiding stuff with, like in my closet under the bed. I'd shove stuff in the drawers. And then when she would do inspection, she'd come in and she'd open all the drawers. And if there was stuff in there that wasn't arranged right, she just dumped the drawer in mm-hmm. the middle. So then it just ended up creating creating way more work
3: for us. Well, I would like you to know that Clyde does that exact same thing to <laughs> our children. do. Oh, yeah. You have totally <laughs> turned into mom and dad, I well, swear. Seriously. Oh. And not only does Clyde come in and dump it, he chants it, That's dump, right. dump, now, dump, No, wait, wait, wait. You <laughs> take it to a whole new level. I would he has like... a soundtrack to the nightmare.
2: <laughs> I would like to amend this story a little bit. I don't open the drawer to check what's inside. I do that if there's anything sticking out, right? So they put their own clothes away. And if I walk in and I can see some clothes sticking out, I start singing, dump, dump, dump.
0: (laughs) Dude, and I'm horrible. telling you,
2: all it took was dumping the clothes like two or three times. Now, when I start singing dump, you should see our kids move. They, yeah, they
3: <laughs> scramble. It's they're like terrified. Usain
2: Bolt running for the finish line as they're diving to the drawers, Dude, shoving I like clothes in. This was so
3: traumatic for you growing up, yet you're doing the exact same thing to our children. Okay, well, I just want to say,
1: I've seen Clyde do so many things exactly like my dad. It's hilarious.
3: He's turning into Papa November. I
2: have no idea what you guys are talking about. Um, I am my own man, clearly. No,
3: Uh, I don't think so. I believe we already told the story
1: about the socks and the sandals. Like, hello, (laughs) Clyde. (laughs) (laughs) When I heard that, I'm like, yep, that's totally dead. You know
2: what? I've got a foot issue. I would rather you not bring that up.
1: I know when you first got married, you started telling me about how, and I don't even know if you know this, Rosie, but Clyde felt like it was his job as the man in the house to watch how high the thermostat went. So like in the winter, he'd make sure you didn't have the heat on too high. He's annoying. And if the air conditioning was on too cold, he'd turn it up a few notches. Oh, trust
3: me. I know. I've been Fighting him and the thermostat, <laughs> our entire marriage. I know.
1: I think he just thinks like this is what dads do. Yeah, In In my total dad. defense.
2: <laughs> I was a poor college student. We could not afford the luxury oh that what Rosie was now? hoping to live
3: in. Should I just start taping 20s to the thermostat <laughs> so you don't touch it?
2: Probably. I'm
1: going to do it every time I come visit now. Seriously,
3: it's so <laughs> Please annoying. Please do.
2: I should start charging this you anyways. For you to
3: earn some more money. Sometimes I'll close my eyes and I swear I can hear Papa November just yelling at our kids. <laughs> Didn't your kids make fun of you once? Yes, with the dad it was voice?
2: very disappointing because everyone in our family does that. Whoa! for my dad's voice yeah why do you need to hold the flashlight that's my dad's voice our
3: kids for you though is so funny i
2: don't sound anything like that i do i've heard my voice even on the podcast i have a deep voice you
1: do have a deep voice
2: but here's the thing one day My kids were playing on the stairs, which I've told them many times, don't play on the stairs. One of you is going to take a tumble, and I hate hospital visits. All of a sudden, I hear Rex say to James, James, we need to get off the stairs because dad said, if you
1: play on the stairs, you're gonna
2: fall down and we're gonna have to go to the hospital. I'm in the other room and I'm like, what the F? I do not sound like that. And yet,
1: you sound like that right now. Exactly. Let the
2: record
1: reflect. You
3: are dad. All right. Yeah.
2: Maybe something happens to my voice in moments of anger. I don't know.
1: Well, your kids see it. Yeah.
2: I guess I need to start recording my voice every time I yell at the children.
1: Okay. And then here's another thing that you do that is exactly like dad. You drive like an old man. Yeah, you do. The other day I'm driving on the freeway. You guys were following me. You end up like 20 cars behind me. All these people are pulling in. I'm trying to tell you, you got to get over. You won't be aggressive enough to get over. I'm like, you're going to miss the exit. You're going
3: to get lost in Utah.
2: Rosie kept telling me, you need to get up on that guy's ass in front of yeah, us. Yeah,
3: it drives me crazy. And like, I kept I saying, seriously hate people it.
2: need in our lane. Let's let them through. It's fine.
1: P.S. You're in the express lane. You're yeah. in an out-of-state <laughs> license plate. I guarantee you people are flipping you off right and left. Like, you do not drive like that in the express lane. And it's rush Unless hour. your name is a
3: November.
1: Yeah. <laughs> It's
3: rush hour traffic, and Clyde gives, like, six-car clearance to the car in front of us. It's stupid. The other thing that Dad
1: does that's so funny is he calculates gas mileage, and he also calculates the optimum speed that you should be driving to get the best gas mileage so one time i borrowed his car and he tells me well if you go about 45 that'll be the optimum speed limit and i was like dad i am not driving 45 on the freeway like it's gonna make this trip double long do
2: you do that that's gonna add eight out no i avoid all things that require math
1: okay go (laughs) on well that is the difference between you and Yes. That is engineer, a difference. And
2: you're Exactly. You're... No, here's <laughs> Yeah. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
3: A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh?
2: Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino.
3: No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Here's another thing I don't do. When it comes to long trips, I'm all about getting there as fast as possible. Well, have you ever been on a road trip with just you and mom and dad?
1: Um, Hello, yes. In
2: your adult life? Yes,
1: they came and got me. So I, when I graduated from grad school, they came and picked me up. And it was a 36-hour drive. And also we loaded All of my possessions into their car. And so we were so scrunched in there that there was barely room to sit in the back seat. So we each took a turn sitting in the back seat because it was so miserable my brother Clinton, well, our brother Clinton, he graduated from Harvard at the same time that I graduated from a state university.
2: That's right, people. The Novembers have a Harvard grad in the fam. <laughs> That's
1: right. And my parents <laughs> couldn't be more proud, let me tell you. Oh, yeah. So, he's the token child. Exactly. So they drove and they went to Harvard and they went to his graduation and it was amazing and it was spectacular and it was everything they dreamed of. And then, as a follow-up, they came to my graduation and so the entire time everything that happened they'd be like well at Harvard they do this (laughs) oh well at Harvard they did this for the processional and I'm like hello did I just graduate or like do (laughs) do we care about this like why did we both have to get our master's degrees right at the same time so anyways we're doing this road trip together and um, basically mom and dad can only go about five hours at a time and And it's a 36 hour drive. So it's like, I'm thinking, let's just bust it out. If we do 12 hour drives, we can make this really fast.
2: Well, doing some quick math, that's like a seven day trip. It
1: totally was. (laughs) Yes, we also had to stop at our grandparents house. So it dragged out even longer than that. So we drive and they would stop in these really small obscure towns because the other thing with dad is that he doesn't like to drive on freeways. If there is a (laughs) way to take a scenic byway, he will do it. And he doesn't care if that extends the trip by 10 hours, he will do it. And so we ended up on all these scenic byways with these tiny little towns. Well, this one night my mom got in her head, she really wanted Red Lobster. And we were in the smallest town in Colorado, like off the beaten path. There's not even like a McDonald's in this restaurant, in in this uh, town. There's only like a greasy spoon kind of restaurant. And she's like, I want Red Lobster. And dad was like, well, there isn't one here. And she's like, I want Red Lobster. she just started freaking out for Red Lobster. And I was like... This is the most weird, bizarre trip. <laughs> because mom's <laughs> freaking out about Red Lobster, dad keeps talking about Harvard graduations, and I'm just like, I'm stuck in the inner circle of hell.
2: Well, as I said earlier, you are a large disappointment to our family. Always. Like, why couldn't you just graduate from Harvard? I know. It's not that hard. <laughs> not with
1: me. The irony of it. okay. so I received an award that was like the student of the year and only one student gets it out of the entire school and I got it. So it was like this big thing and there was this big ceremony and everything. And seriously, as we were walking out of it, I was hearing about Harvard graduation.
3: It was like I guarantee you Clinton did not get an award from Harvard. He was just one of the masses that graduated that year. Well,
1: and I guarantee you mom and dad were not like
3: Well, at Missouri State University,
1: (laughs) at their commencement... They walk in a line, <laughs> like guaranteed. He never got compared to mine. <laughs> oh my god! Well, gosh. and later
2: when you and Clinton talked about your master's programs, didn't you guys figure out that yours was actually harder and required a lot more work?
1: Yes. So we, because we were both in grad school at the same time, we came home for Christmas. And so I was so stressed out and kind of traumatized from writing all these papers and doing this research. And I had a big research project that was going to be coming up as soon as I got back. So I just went into him and I and I said, hey, Clinton, like, how are you doing keeping up with all the research? And he was like, what? and he was in an MBA program and he's like, no, we're just learning about business language and the hardest part is getting into Harvard. It's not graduating from Harvard. Oh my gosh. And I was like, what the heck? Like, (laughs) I was writing 35-page papers in each of my classes multiple times each semester and he was like, yeah, I wrote like a seven-page paper, you know? Oh my gosh. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm in the wrong field. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Well, I also went on a road trip with mom and dad As a grown up, when I graduated from basic training, I asked mom and dad to come to my graduation for some reason, and they were gonna fly, but I wanted them to drive because I was thinking, oh, that'd be really cool to drive through some states that I've never been through before. So mom and dad show up, and first of all, this is kind of a side note, but at the graduation, it's this big military ceremony, and In military ceremonies, they usually want to honor veterans that served in previous generations. And it's a big deal because most people are second, third generation that I served with. So they have this moment where they say, okay, we want to honor our veterans. If you have served in our armed forces, please take this moment to stand so we can all honor you. And dad stands up. (laughs) The guy never served. (laughs) He worked for the federal government and built some dams. That does not count. He is a damn man. And I went to basic training with Boomer, and Boomer afterwards came up to me and said, that's so cool. I didn't realize this was a family thing for you. I thought we were just joining on a whim. And I said, yeah, it's not a family thing. And he said, no, I saw your dad stand up. And I was like, dude, my dad is full of crap. He never served. But and
1: didn't mom get mad at him? Sweetie,
3: why did you
2: stand up?
3: You did not serve.
2: Well, one time. He probably
3: just saw everybody standing and just decided to stand. He like, probably
2: wasn't paying attention and was like, oh, had, we're standing.
3: Yeah, he's never had that good of hearing. He just saw all of the men
1: standing. <laughs> Well, you know, I I do have to say when Clyde enlisted, my parents were mortified. Like it was not something that they were super excited about, but they kept trying to frame it from their religious perspective. So it was like... Well, he is doing a great service, and all of a sudden yeah. it became like they owned it, and that they inspired you to do it, even though originally they weren't that excited about yeah,
2: it. Yeah, and they kept saying, "Think about how many people he will come into contact with and be able to spread his gospel."
1: Well, and I'm- I was like, "Dad,
2: I will not be spreading gospel. Trust I'm me. Like,
1: Trust me. I'll be spreading something. Hey,
2: yeah. I've seen some of the pictures that you guys <laughs> basically." like a frat house.
3: Exactly. <laughs> so Claudia, what was it like for you growing up in an ultra religious household? We've talked about Clyde's experience, but what was it like for you?
1: Um so I really struggled especially as a teenager. Um and my my parents were uh I'm trying to think how to say this, sorry.
2: Mennonites? <laughs>
1: I'm like, what's the word?
2: What's funny is when Rosie says they're Mennonites, I get all offended. I know.
1: <laughs> <Now> I, <laughs> it's funny when I you know. say
2: it. it. It does feel good. Let the
1: record reflect. <laughs> Our parents are not Mennonites, but it's pretty damn close. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I felt like I'm the type of person, if you, if you give me rules or guidelines, I'm always like, why? What's so fun about it? So like, yeah, like church- you didn't
3: really like wearing the turtlenecks. Right. Year exactly. Around. Like,
1: <laughs> like in church, they would talk to you about you don't drink, don't smoke, don't um kiss boys, don't you know, all of these things. And and the whole time, I'm in my head going, Why, what's so fun with it? Yeah, so then, like I started. You guys are gonna laugh so hard at this. I started. <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to tell the world this. But so I one time was babysitting for this family and they weren't people that went to our church. Right. And so they had a bar and they had cigarettes and they had porn and everything. And I was like, I'm going to try it all. And so like the kids went to bed and I just started opening all this booze and I was like trying to drink all these different things. And then I took like a cigarette and I went and stood in the mirror and lit the cigarette and watched my myself smoke it. Those are the kind of things... And I'm sure when they got home, because like one of the things I opened was a bottle of wine, but I didn't know how to open it because our parents don't drink. <laughs> so I'm sitting there with this knife trying to get the
2: cork out. It's like carving the and then cork out.
1: put it back in their bar. So oh I'm sure gosh. they got back and they're like, what the hell what's
2: this girl doing? Martha, those rats are back again. <laughs> Chewing on our corks.
1: But I mean, I was pretty young when I did that stuff. And then, and so I continued on what you know, my parents would say is a very rebellious streak. And the more that I did those kind of things, the more they tried to rein me in and yeah. the less I would be controlled. So, there was a lot of dissension, basically, between my mom and I especially. Um, and she's a perfectionist. And then she would use the guilt trips. And then she would get so frustrated because they wouldn't work on me. And I'm sure, Clyde, when you were growing up, you guys were all excited when I moved out of the house because there was a lot of arguing that would happen, right? So it didn't, It wasn't until later in life that I started to figure out, like, oh, I like my mom, you know, yeah. and now she's like one of my best friends.
2: Well, we were excited when you moved out of the house which had nothing to do with you yelling all the time at mom it was just nice to you have know. one more room exactly when you <laughs> are living in a house with five kids every time a kid leaves your life gets better yeah so however here's the thing and this is actually why i think claudia and i are close to this day because claudia left home when i was seven years old and if she had left home and never made an effort to have a relationship with me, we would be so distant. She would ask me to spend the night at her college dorm room. You know, she was living in a place with two or three roommates all the time. But I would come sleep on the couch. She would rent rated R movies that <laughs> mom would freak I just-
1: Try to corrupt you as much yeah, as I could.
2: Exactly, you're showing me the light. I'm it's like eight years work. old.
3: You're welcome, Rosie. That's oh, why he you. is the way he is. I <laughs> love him just the way he is, even though he is an idiot.
2: I'm a specimen. What can I say? I
3: know. What?
2: So. Yeah, I mean, that was really cool because it's why we're close to this day.
1: I thought it was fun because there was so much tension between mom and I. It was just nice to get away from that. And but I could still bond with you guys. Like I, I've i always really liked all my brothers and sisters. And so it's like I like to hang out with you guys, basically.
2: Which is surprising because we were the annoying little kids, you know. It's true. You still are. I mean, what kind of college student is wanting to hang out with Her eight-year-old brother.
1: Probably pretty twisted. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, she needs a (laughs) life.
2: I know. Well, then I would go to school and all my friends would be like, oh, you went to your sister's college dorm room? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, any hot friends?
1: (laughs) You're like, um, they're 10 years older than me. (laughs) they're dude, all dorks
2: when you're an eight-year-old boy women that are 10 years older than you are <laughs> gorgeous Gross.
1: okay i did not know you were having these kind of feelings or else this would have i would have squashed these you girls. did not let me finish oh, no okay. offense but okay. the answer was no
2: dude i was like my sister's not friends with any hot girls
3: it's true they were dogs <laughs> You always want to be the hottest girl in the room. I you know. know. That's, that's how you ensure it. You just live with like the ugliest yeah. girls around. It's that like, way of, wow,
1: yeah.
2: I'm hot. Look at me. Every house party, all the guys are going for you. Yeah, yeah. it makes well, sense. Well, I think
1: the other thing that um, made a difference with that is um, even though I'm the oldest, I was the last one to get married out of all of my brothers and sisters. And so I was still single well into, you know, when most people are getting married. And so... Like, I still had a lot of time to just hang out with you guys and bond. Um, whereas, like, a lot of other people, especially in our religion, would get married very young.
3: You weren't so. interested in that because you were playing the field. That's you know, right. you had your lineup. I had a lineup. <laughs> I always have a lineup.
1: It, I didn't get rid of my lineup until I met Roy. And yeah. it, it wasn't until. Roy and I, like, were pretty solid. And then I was like, okay,
3: i just got to get rid of my I, I better call the guys now. Exactly. I canceled my accounts online. Yeah. I did everything.
1: And it was like, okay, fine.
3: He's that, the then one. you really knew you were committed. That's right. Well, yeah, exactly. So, even though you had the lineup and you experienced a lot of men and boys and all the (laughs) things. Well, this just got awkward.
2: (laughs) Wait, you did? Roy does not
3: know about
2: this. Oh, come on,
1: Roy.
3: Allegedly. Roy knew the second he got in the sack with you, you had experienced some things. (laughs) I'm just saying. (laughs) That's
2: my sister.
3: Trust me, Roy was like, "I'm not the only." And you're like, "No, there's been a couple." I cannot confirm or deny.
2: Like I was just born you with were these gifts, Roy
3: things he never even knew about. Well, you know, at least there were no
1: toes involved. Yeah, What's up with true. you guys and
3: the toes? I'm just saying, I experienced even more things than you, Claudia. I bet. <laughs> So, do you think, though, your parents' relationship at all reflected the sort of wife that you are today? I
1: would say probably not so much. Uh, My mom was very, a lot more traditional than I am. Even when I went to grad school, she had a conversation with me. It was almost like she was trying to have an intervention. She told me... um, you're already so intimidating to men that I don't know if you should be going to grad school because you're just going to be more intimidating. And the same thing happened when I bought my own home when I was single. Um, She felt like I would be too intimidating and nobody would want to marry me. And so then I suckered Roy in. Just kidding. (laughs) Yes. It's like, I don't know how I landed that one, but lucky him. Lucky Roy. I I feel like um, a lot of my experiences in life are... Opposite of my mom and so um There's a lot of things where When her and I are talking We just don't get each other on some Of that stuff but it's okay like We accept each other but it's just We're totally different
3: well even Opposites though is still It still can be a reflection of things You learned not to do maybe yeah Well and
1: um I will say Though like my parents have really Strong work ethic both of them and They they never like um, they're always very ambitious, and they're doing things um and so, like those kind of things I think have carried with me. There are times I talk to my dad about his career now, and it's like, oh, well, Dad and I actually have quite a bit in common when it comes to our careers. yeah, uh, we both really like working on projects and and having new challenges. We get bored easily at work, and so you want like what's the next big and better thing you know I guess for him it was the bigger and better damn but you know yeah exactly
2: (laughs) he's like if I could work up to Hoover
3: (laughs) (laughs) I gotta work my way in (laughs) there is something to be said though about that never being satisfied thing it really does give you this work ethic that is unlike anything else because you're always looking for the next great thing yes you know and it makes you great at what you do because you're you're willing to work for it. Yes. You know, you're not just expecting it to be handed to you. So
1: at my work, we did a personality test and it's it basically goes through what your strengths are. So one of my strengths is that I'm futuristic. I'm always looking like what's next, what's next? And then I'm married to Roy, who is always content. And if he had his way, we would stay at the same jobs for like 20 years, live in the same house. He like have a routine every day. So it's really interesting how the two kind of have to counterbalance each other basically. But we have found a way to make it work for us.
3: And it makes you more whole, I think, having somebody who's opposite of you. Yes. Clyde is the complete opposite of me. Yes. Yet we
1: make it work. You like you balance know? each other out in some weird way yeah
3: right if it weren't for clyde i would be out there who knows where i would be right
1: you'd have those mittens on your hands yeah. and you'd be sweeping uh, exactly dirt piles. it would be weird <laughs> yeah. life would be weird
2: when we got together i said the mittens gotta go <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah but well, what happened to the socks because apparently you wear those all the time uh,
3: yeah
2: i have a doctor's note okay people yeah
3: okay What about you, Clyde? Do you think that Mama and Papa November influenced the person that you are today?
2: Who? Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Well, apparently I'm exactly like Papa November. You are? Mm -hmm. Apparently my voice becomes the same. I have similar philosophy. One thing that I know that I have taken on, my dad is very aware of money.
3: Called cheap. Tell me about it. It's my whole life these days.
2: That is definitely me. I'm always thinking how can we save money? How can we put money away? How can we save this for the future? So I know sometimes it drives you crazy. The
3: future is now, Clyde. Accept it. It was really funny because I was at a conference this weekend. It's actually what brought me to town. I spent $80 in the gift shop. Woohoo. And the whole time I was thinking, how can I hide this from Clyde? <laughs> <laughs> And so, finally, I just confessed. Like, hey, just so you know, you're going to see an gonna $80 spend that's going to come out of the account. I did put it on my credit card, but I will have to pay that bill at some point, you know. So, finally, I just admitted it to him, and then he gave me a lecture for about 25 minutes, and then you it was know, over. You yeah. shouldn't be spending money at we the We are gift store. planning a move soon, and uh, this is going to really cut into the things we can paint in our house.
2: Well... <laughs> If it's a Bigfoot shirt, I'm okay with it. Yeah. Anything else, (laughs) save the money.
3: I cannot find anything Bigfoot in Salt Lake. I think he just doesn't live here.
2: It's a known fact that Bigfoot is afraid of salt water. (laughs) (laughs) So he avoids the Great Salt Lake. Okay, that's not a known fact. I made that up.
1: Maybe he's like a horse and he likes a salt lick. And so yeah. maybe he likes the Salt Lake.
2: Then how come you can't find a shirt here?
1: Maybe people it's here not dense have enough
3: brains to and hide. realize the reality. Yeah. Oh,
2: please. <laughs> people with brains don't drive that way.
3: I'm just saying, I haven't seen a lot of trees around here to hide behind. I will tell you what, since I've been here, I've seen some really weird things.
0: Oh, really? Like Le- let
3: me tell you about some of the activities that happened by the convention center. Oh. Number one. I saw a lady walking with just socks, no shoes, wearing what her name Clyde. <laughs> <laughs> and she was wearing probably the shortest shorts I have ever seen. Like they may have just been underwear. Ooh, free
1: show. Yeah,
3: it was weird. Okay. And then as I was trying to pull out of the parking garage to just leave the place, there was a homeless man standing in the middle of the road. Like I could not get around him without giving him a dollar. It was the craziest thing.
2: Salt Lake City has aggressive homeless people. Yeah. That is true. We saw someone with a glove.
3: Yeah, just one latex glove. One of those
2: blue (laughs) doctor gloves. (laughs) They're driving their car, smoking a cigarette, but holding the cigarette with a latex glove.
1: Okay, I can tell you, I have a feeling I know what the backstory is there. This person is clearly Mormon. They (laughs) don't want to go home and have their spouse know that they smoke. So they wear a glove and then they throw the glove away. And that way it doesn't smell when they get
3: home. That's my my idea. <laughs> you know, I think she was just on a break from her dental assistant job. <laughs>
2: I hope she changes the glove. You know, Ro- I know, Rosie talked about when she worked at a restaurant and people would ask, did you change your gloves? <laughs> you
3: never of changed course. your yeah, gloves. Yeah, that lady
2: doesn't change her gloves.
3: No.
1: Let's just hope she doesn't too, like work at out- it. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky
0: just about anywhere.
1: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride
0: and groom?
3: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps>
0: a doctor's office or something like who knows yeah. what's on that glove
3: <laughs> we know there's cigarette on that glove That's i'll tell right. you that much
1: did you guys see any polygamists while you were here
3: not one
1: oh I'll i don't have to take you on a little tour <laughs> there's a bunch of them around here
2: i don't know how to spot them
1: oh all right well i'll take you on a tour
3: although Just... i did see i want to say a huddle i'm not sure the appropriate term for what these people were but it was like a lot of people wearing dresses that went all the way up yeah, to the neck yeah those are
1: polygamous <laughs> Either that are those really are Mennonites. Like not the kind you're joking about. Yeah, it was a, But my guess And is they were that's all wearing polygamous.
3: boots in the middle of summer. Yes, I'm those like are polygamous. <laughs> aren't you hot with your turtleneck and sleeves all the way down? Yeah, hey, it and works boots. for mom. I mean I'm just saying it was a little strange, a little strange. The neighbors across the street from us,
1: so the first time that they came over to meet us, they um they brought us I think some apples and some eggs from their yard. Wow! Yeah, because they have chicken and an apple tree. And we're like, "Oh, hey, how are you?" And and he says, "We have nine kids." And I was wow. like, "Oh my gosh!" <laughs> <laughs> so, are they polygamous? No, that is from one
2: one woman, one huh?
1: Really grumpy wow. looking woman. <laughs> Like, wow. I mean, yeah. She, yeah, she puts a whole new level on Frumpy. Trust me.
3: <laughs> nice. That must be why they have their own chickens and fruit because exactly. they can't afford to feed
1: nine kids. And uh, surprisingly, she's a stay at home mom. Like, he wow. is the only one who works.
3: <laughs> All I have to say is, I got here and I, I have not spent a lot of time in Utah. But I called Clyde right away, and I was like, this may be one of the most unpleasant places I have ever been. Oh, my goodness. Come on. I don't love it, Claudia. (laughs) Yeah,
2: mostly we don't Uh, like it because of the way it smells.
3: And it's what just are you like about? the Great Salt
2: Lake does not smell good, and every time Whoa. it rains, it It reeks.
3: smells like rotten eggs around here.
1: Well, like, yeah, what's that's up with the that? Great Salt Lake, it's definitely not a lake you ever want to go swimming. And in. I've taken
3: exactly two showers since I've been here. And maybe my, you're the one who's seen. dude. My <laughs> skin has never been so dry. Oh, I'm itchy everywhere. I just something about this place. But speaking of nine kids. So you oh. have
1: <laughs> oh, This is quite a leap. Stinky yeah. and nine kids. Okay, let's go.
3: You have 3 children. I do. And they are so cute and adorable and we absolutely love them. Yes, they're my the little best. nieces and my little nephew. Yes.
2: And I'm over here rolling my eyes, people. She does not have you children. You
1: are so rude. How dare you be like that to my
3: kids?
2: Yeah, that's like when I was a kid and had cabbage patches. And I was like, these are
3: my children. So one thing that I find fascinating between the two of you is you have very different opinions about dogs. Yes, that's true. And the relation that they have in the family. Now, yes. I side with Claudia on this, that your dogs can be your kids. Yes.
0: And, and I...
3: honestly, I treat them like they're my nieces and nephew. I bring them presents. I love them as much as I love the other nieces and nephews. Exactly. I try to advocate to
1: have them in family pictures and or like if we're doing a group photo yeah. as a family and everybody acts like I'm a freak. Except me. I know. I'm on board. You're on my side.
2: Look, you've got one quality dog. Let's just say it. Oh, <laughs> Let's just oh, speak my truth gosh. here. And the reason he's quality is because, you know, he's old. He's so he's sweet. too he's old to be buck. annoying.
1: It's really sad because he is getting older. I know. and I, It's breaking my heart. So. Yeah, it's
2: breaking yeah. my heart, too.
1: So I have. Yeah. So I have Copper, Bella and Lois Lane. And uh, Lois is our newest one. She's kind of codependent, and it's the sweetest thing. I've been dying to have a codependent dog. Like, it's the best. <laughs> she follows me around. She has to be on my lap. Yeah. If she sees me and she's with somebody else, she starts whining. She just loves me. So I just love that. But each of my dogs have very distinct personalities, and I mean, I wouldn't... I can't even imagine functioning without my dogs. But I also want the record to reflect I do not have children and so um it, uh, to me like my dogs are my children. Yeah. So, and when people criticize me, because a lot of times you'd be surprised how much people judge you once you have three dogs. It's almost like you've crossed the line into crazy <laughs> <laughs> Like two dogs, everybody can understand. Three, oh no, now you've crossed the line. That's a so, weird
3: thing though. I cannot imagine this house without all three dogs. I know.
1: Well, and they're small, so it's not like, yeah. I mean, The total weight of my three dogs isn't even one like golden retriever. You know what I mean?
3: Bella spends as much time away from all of us as possible. So it's like you practically only have two dogs and the other one just sort of pops out every now and I know. then.
1: Bella is fiercely independent. She's like her mother. Yes. And so she just, she just wants her own time. And when she wants to be loved, she'll come and let you know and otherwise forget it. And then weren't you trying to get her out from under the bed today?
2: Yes. You told me... You- If we were going to leave, we needed to lock up the house and make sure the dogs were in the kitchen and you have this like baby gate that keeps them in the kitchen. Yes. I could not get her to come down. So I even tried to manipulate her by ringing the doorbell and her initial reaction was to run down and start barking, but then it, like, suddenly hit her. Like, she's very intelligent. Yes, she
1: is. It hit her,
2: like, wait, I might be getting manipulated. So she kind of came down carefully and peeked around the corner, and I was standing there waiting, but she's got, like, squirrel-like reflexes. So when I tried (laughs) to grab her, she darts up the stairs, and I'm running after her. I got up there just in time to see her squirm under the bed.
3: Yeah. And this is not... A small bed. This is a very large it bed, is. and she hides clear in the middle. Yeah, where you cannot no possibly. To get her. I mean, I even tried getting a broom out. It's like she isn't coming out. It yeah. was not happening. Yeah,
1: the only reason we have the gate is because Copper. He's a male dog, and so if you leave him. He will pee or poop anywhere in the house, and so and it's really funny because he.
3: That's more, so weird because Clyde totally does that, and exactly. I believe
2: you got to mark your stuff, people.
1: Well, I swear he does it out of revenge. It's not because he wants to do anything like mark his territory or anything like that. It's more like I'm going to show you, and so he'll yeah. do it right in front of your front, like. If you're going to walk in a hallway,
2: he does it right
1: in the prominent Oh, yeah.
3: So you're going to definitely step on it. Yeah. So it's like... Clyde does that, too. Yeah. It's what you get for leaving me. (laughs) How dare you?
2: Well, when we grew up, we did have a family dog.
1: Yes, we did. Barkley.
2: Barkley was... The worst dog on record, I'm pretty sure. And we loved him, but...
1: We didn't know any
2: better. Yeah. yeah. Our dad never took time to train him.
1: Except for bird hunting.
2: That's right. He was an excellent bird hunting dog. But as far as coming in the house, that was not allowed. Um, He lived in the backyard. And then he would escape all the time. And I understand that. Oh,
1: totally.
2: The first time he escaped, and this was before I was born... He impregnated the dog next door. Yes. And they had one of those show dogs (laughs) that you sell the puppies for like (laughs) $5,000. Except then they have these puppies and they all look exactly like our dog. They
3: were really (laughs) cute. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but we
1: And and mom and dad would not claim responsibility for any of them.
3: <laughs> oh, my gosh. They're like, there must be another shepherd around here. Exactly. It's
1: like, Talking oh, up.
3: that's interesting.
1: They kind of look like Barkley.
2: Well, the funny thing is, is when he would run away, none of us cared. Because we all knew he would that's come totally back. true. And we kind of lived on the outskirts of town. So it was a lot of farmland. So he would just kind of run around and chase birds and stuff. There was one neighbor kid that would chase Barkley down for hours and he'd randomly bring Barkley back, knock on our door and say, I caught your dog. And we'd say, thanks, and grab the collar. As soon as the kid would let go, we'd just let Barkley run off. <laughs> Barkley would dart straight to the golf course and the kid would be like, oh, man, it took me hours to catch him. Then he'd get on his bike and keep chasing Barkley.
1: Do you remember when poor Barkley got hit by the golf cart multiple times? Like he would be out running, and like he, and then somebody would come into the house and be like, "Your dog just got hit by a golf cart," and he'd just be out there hobbling around. Yeah. You know, shake it off.
2: I once some dirt in it. I once witnessed Barkley get hit by a car. It was a devastating oh my moment. Gosh. I know, and he like did this loud squeal. And one thing about Barkley, he didn't make a lot of noise. He wasn't a barker or anything. So when he made that loud squeal, it just, it affected me in a way, you know? And then that car drove off and I was chasing after him on my bike. Like I was going to do something.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Like, I will show you. Like,
2: get out of the car. Me and you right now. (laughs) I'm like seven. Yeah, but he died when I was in fourth grade. And afterwards, I asked mom and dad, are we going to get a new dog? And they said, never again.
1: We got Barkley and we were so excited. I don't think dad told mom. And so he showed up with a puppy, and mom was pissed.
3: Oh, man. <laughs> and then he
1: walked into the house and pooped immediately. And mom <laughs> said, nope, he's not allowed in the house, and she kicked him out right away. So really, that's the way we were raised, with thinking mm-hmm. about animals that way, versus how you and I think about yeah. Rosie.
2: Yeah, animals were not part of the family. Although we did have hermit crabs once. <laughs> <laughs> no, they weren't part of the family either.
3: Here's the thing with me, though, is I grew up in a very, very stressful environment, and so my dog was my best friend. Having Dakota there almost made it as if that was my service dog, right? I mean, it was it was comforting going through all that I went through, but always having Dakota there. Yeah, that very, way you yeah. always
1: have somebody.
3: Yes, yeah. and like I even talked to Dakota as if. He was a person, you Mm -hmm. know, and he'd be like, this is a bunch of bullshit, isn't it, Dakota? And Dakota's like, "Uh, yeah, you
0: know, (laughs) so
3: it's, you know, it just was a different relationship that I had with with my dogs growing up. And then I married Clyde, and he is like anti-animal. He hates having animals. Clyde.
2: I hate cleaning up after them. I hate naming them. I No, I'm joking.
3: I know you guys
1: had a dog named Goose. Who named it Goose?
3: Clyde. Clyde names everything. I
2: name everything. I named our children. Yeah. <laughs> I loves,
3: he loves naming I things. I love naming things. Yeah. When here. I
2: said I hated naming them, that was a lie. He
3: just hates the commitment it takes, exactly. you know, to have a pet.
2: Like, what I really want... Is to start up a service where I buy a dog, I name it, and then I sell it to someone with that name. That's what my real (laughs) dream is.
1: So I have a friend, and she had a pet turtle, and so she told her nephews that they could name it, and they were like two and three years old, and they named it Dogs of the World. (laughs) (laughs) So... She had this turtle for so long named Dogs of the World. That's awesome. <laughs> it was the best name ever. Like, can you imagine? <laughs> no. You know,
2: I had a good friend that did that with a child instead oh, of a pet. Oh, my goodness, no. Let the five-year-old in the family pick the three names. Oh, boy. And then they said, if you pick three names, we will then decide which of the three. And the three names that child came up with. The first one was Tractor Trailer.
3: Oh, boy. Yeah, it seems appropriate. <laughs>
2: the second one was Jesus.
3: Oh, wow.
2: <laughs> and the third one was Tuesday. You want to guess which one they went with?
3: Tuesday. Tractor Trailer, of
1: course. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are they rednecks or not? <laughs> Yeah, wait. What what part of the country are they from? more about the family. We yeah. need some context. Well,
2: they're religious people, but not too religious.
3: Jesus. 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 Jesus all the way.
2: They went with Tuesday. Your your oh, first instinct Jesus. was uh, correct. But It's kind
3: of like the Adams family. Isn't the daughter's name Tuesday on the Wednesday? Oh.
2: Wednesday. Oh,
3: no. That's their close cousin.
2: <laughs> yeah, one of my first crushes was Wednesday.
1: Oh my gosh. Of uh, course he would yeah. know that then. Of course. <laughs>
2: Wednesday Adams. What a hottie. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, it is hump
2: day. <laughs>
3: yeah. That's every day in our household. <laughs> Speaking of which, I
1: did notice that my dog was trying to get frisky with you last I'm night. I'm just saying.
3: Copper's interested. That's all I can say. I know it's so sad because he's so old. I and know, decrepit, and then he's like. At trying first, to I get was like, you. I was telling you, I swear, Copper is trying to hunt me I was all like, day. No, he couldn't. You're like, how could he? Like, he's so old and like he's blind. He's you can't see anymore. He can't I know, hear. Poor dog. I don't know what else going on with him, but he doesn't have any of, of his senses anymore.
2: He's gonna throw out his back.
3: Somehow he can sense my leg. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> Watch this, Claudia. It's about to happen. And she's like, "Oh my gosh, he has not been like that for years." <laughs> you, you really bring, bring it out. I people. mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> I have some something about me is like very attractive to Clyde and other dogs. It's I a copper. <laughs>
2: I, I totally get it, I see yeah. it
1: yeah, it's even been fixed, like that's I know the amazing
3: part. what can I say is something about my pheromones, I'm sure
1: <laughs> um, I would like to go on the record about Rosie and her um. Lightweightness when it comes to
3: drinking. I'm just saying. I don't know if
1: your listeners can tell or not, but I've got (laughs) you totally (laughs) buzzed right now. So yeah, last night we were having like just um, something to drink, just some regular juice or something, and Uh then you're like, "Hey, where's the vodka?" And so I'm just joking, and
3: pretty soon she brings out the largest. (laughs) Seriously, this is the largest bottle of Grey Goose I have ever seen in my life. I know. I got it for
1: Christmas, like. (laughs) three years ago and it's massive and there's still a whole bunch in it because it's like we don't drink that often but when we do we have fun well so anyways we just put a little bit of that in your drink yeah next thing I know okay first of all you're humping my dog or whatever's happening there
3: (laughs) or vice versa that's that's not what happened (laughs) or vice versa okay whatever
1: and then the next thing I know I'm like where's Rosie and you're like asleep on the couch. Yeah.
3: Put me <laughs> right like, to
1: sleep. Oh my gosh. And then you were out the rest of the night. I know. So then tonight I'm like, okay, challenge accepted. Yeah. So we open a bottle of champagne cuz we got a lot of things to celebrate, so I was really I know. excited. And, like, really, you only had a glass of champagne. And, I mean, you I know. were
3: buzzed hard. <laughs> it took me six glasses of water just to be able to speak this clearly on the podcast. You were like, am I going to be slurring in the <laughs> podcast? I actually think you've been holding it
1: together really oh, well. Oh,
3: thanks.
2: I don't think the audience would know if you hadn't brought it I up. Know.
3: Oh, sorry, guys. I'm a very lightweight. It's because I don't really drink anymore. I know. And so it's, when I do... It yep. doesn't take a lot. I'm just well, saying. And then I made a Bloody Mary for Clyde because yeah. he requested it. Yeah.
2: Now, I do not drink. <laughs> ever. <laughs> ever. See, I figured this out a while ago. My ADD is so bad that every time I have a sip of alcohol, I can't focus on anything in the room. And so I become like the worst person at a party. People yeah. talk to me. And I'll get like three words in and lose interest in what they're saying. You become
3: a real asshole when you've been drinking. That's all I got to <laughs> say. It's like, I've been talking to you for 10 minutes, Clyde, and you are looking at me with this disgusted look on your face.
2: Because I can't stay focused.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> look, I've always had bad ADD. Yeah. Uh, Claudia can attest to that and already has on her previous You're episode. Welcome.
1: Pocket knife salesman. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Hey, I had ADD before ADD had a name. So back That's when true. teachers just thought you were a freaking <laughs> like, idiot. Pay
1: attention.
2: Go like,
3: on.
2: like I've been at parent teacher conferences and listened to teachers tell my parents that I, something's wrong with me. <laughs> and your kid's an idiot. He can't pay attention in class this is the kind of trauma i, I experienced like as a child uh,
1: traumatizing him more I right know. now yeah um, anyways about your bloody mary hello <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm telling oh, you back on
2: topic my bad hello. this is my podcast oh, jeez wow. the All tyrant right.
1: comes out again go yes. ahead okay. claudia <laughs> So, anyways, I make this Bloody Mary. I give it to Clyde. He can't and handle it. I make one for me, and I down it, and it's, like, really good. And then mm-hmm. I give it to Clyde. He probably s- drinks about a fourth of it. Then I think he gave the rest to you, Rosie, yeah. which is probably why you ended up on the couch asleep. Oh, but man. Anyways... Like, you were totally buzzed, Clyde. And the thing is, you are not a small guy. Like, you should be (laughs) able to drink a little bit more than that. Like, I'm so disappointed in you. I know. Well,
2: when you drink once a year, you know.
1: I know. I know. I should know better than to do this. I'm such a... See, I told you guys (laughs) earlier that I'm like a rebel and I'm a bad influence. And so here I am doing it again.
2: And the (laughs) truth is, if mom and dad ever listen, which they both (laughs) vowed... That they will never listen and they want nothing to do with our podcast. They'll know. They'll know. They'll be like, oh my gosh.
3: (laughs) I do not want you to go
1: visit your sister anymore.
2: Exactly. Not to mention that, thanks to you, Dad is going to know that that bottle of Sky Vodka that was in my car (laughs) back in 2002 was mine and I did drink it.
1: You know, I have never been so disappointed. (laughs) Sit down and I'll give you a
3: half hour lecture. They'd be so proud to know, though, that you really don't drink. I mean, you do a pretty good job.
1: I cannot say that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and neither can I, because the only way I can live with Clyde is to every now and then have a drink. little self-medication going on there. Between that and the
1: antidepressants, I get through. I will say, okay, so I'm on the keto diet. So yes, I'm the one that was talking about the cauliflower and everything like that that you guys were talking about. But um, So when I went on keto, I had the sad realization that a lot of the kinds of wine that I like to drink were not the kinds that I could have because it had too many carbs. So I boxed up probably, was it like two big boxes of wine? yeah. There was probably like at least 12 to 18 bottles of wine that we packed up. And the last time we came through Denver, we snuck into your house and left them because you guys were out of town
3: it was the most glorious gift and I took a picture and sent it to you like I was so happy I know and then it was so funny because you said that Claude came over
1: and saw all this yeah. wine like you look like a wino or something <laughs> It's I know. it's like so funny because you guys barely even drink, so you're welcome.
2: Oh, Rosie totally threw hey, you under the bus, yeah. too. Oh,
1: Rosie. I know.
2: Claude, Claude stood in our living room staring right at the wine.
3: <laughs> yeah. And
2: Rosie suddenly realizes what he's looking at, says... Oh, can you believe Claudia just left these I'm at like, our house?
3: <laughs> I'm
1: like, here, hold these for Yeah, me, I was Rosie. just I'm just
3: storing them. This I won't mean not seems suspicious at all. <laughs> One is only half empty, but that wasn't me, you know.
1: <laughs> you do realize he listens to the podcast, so your I secret's know, out. I
3: know. He knows, I'm sure.
2: Claude, everything that was said in the last twenty minutes was all a lie.
1: You'll edit it out, <laughs> let's be
2: honest. <laughs> We're gonna have to cut this whole interview. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, I actually really do like wine and it doesn't impact me as much as the hard alcohol that you give me when I'm yeah, here. Yeah, that stuff But I do enjoy a glass of wine almost nightly. It's just, you know, it's fine. The lady who lived to be like 115 years old her advice to the world was eat a little bit of dark chocolate and drink a glass of wine every day. Nice. And she lived to me 115. So I'm just saying there can't be it can't all be bad. There you go.
2: His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Yeah. And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the three percent annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams. Thanks for everything, mom and dad. Will always be worth it. Apply today at penfed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed.
0: PenFed's got great rates for everyone.
3: So I hear that there's an amendment to be had between the two of you. There's been a feud for the last few weeks. It's problematic. It's causing me stress at home. So let's resolve this issue right now.
2: This goes back to episode four. When Claudia Best
1: episode ever people.
2: Claudia came on the episode and laid into me, exposed some of my flaws to my audience.
1: All 100% truthful, I stand by every word.
2: And I knew I had to have some sort of rebuttal, so I told a story about a fart.
1: Lies, lies, lies.
2: Now, she says lies, but here's the truth, because I didn't reveal the whole story. First of all, you and I were not the only ones in the car.
1: Yeah, I know. And it was never identified who did it.
2: Yes. so the story of the fart was 100% true as far as the fact that there was this whole horrific smell, but it was so bad that no one would claim it.
1: Have you ever heard the term, the smellers, the feller? Yeah, Whoever smelt
2: it dealt it. Yes, but I've also heard whoever denied it supplied it and no one has denied it harder than you. But the truth is
1: and I stand by that.
2: Claudia was the oldest person in the vehicle and because she was the oldest, we all assumed it must have been her and no one pushed that campaign harder than me. The baby (laughs) of the family. However, I am willing to amend this, and I actually have a confession. What? The fart was me.
3: Dude! I knew it! I knew it!
2: I may have only been 12 years old. At first, I was proud. Except it reached I, such a uh, sickening level that I denied it. And what's funny is I have told our siblings so many times I know, like, that I was years, certain it was you.
3: I heard about the fart story and my first date. See what I mean? Like this has been going on for years, and you've been blaming Claudia this whole time. I have,
2: and all along I've like kind of felt guilty about it, but I've kind of that enjoyed it you mean as to well. Guilt trips, as exactly. we established
1: Earlier.
2: Thank you, mom.
1: Okay, well, I feel totally vindicated because I I have been saying all along that I did not do it. Nobody will believe me. So I want to know. Like For the you- record,
3: I believed you. Thank I've you. smelt some of the stuff that Clyde has dealt. <laughs> as soon as the man falls asleep, I have to actually leave the room sometimes. It gets so bad. Well, I
2: am lactose intolerant <laughs> and milk yeah. products have that effect on me. Which, if you remember correctly... We had
1: just gone to pizza.
2: We had pizza. And it was fast-acting pizza. That's all I'm going to say. That cheese went right through me.
1: (laughs) Wow. Wow. That's all I can say. So, I want to know, like, how are you going to make this up to me?
3: Yeah, exactly. Because you
1: went on... I just want to say, okay, it's one thing for you to do this with like our family and stuff. Okay, ha ha ha. And then apparently, when you're on a first date with somebody, it becomes a yes. topic <laughs> of conversation. Uh, oh, ha. every
2: first date I've been on, this came up.
1: How many girls did you date? Because I need
3: to know. There was a list.
2: Should I yeah. call well, each and every one and be like, hi, we haven't spoken in 12 years, but I need to make an amendment.
1: Yeah didn't you say that he dated a lot of psychos that showed up on your doorstep? Yeah, that's exactly right. Each one of those girls knows. But then you take it a step further and you go on a national podcast with your tens of (laughs) listeners.
2: That's kind of you to call us national.
1: (laughs) I figured because like You live in Colorado, I live in Utah, we have family in Pennsylvania.
3: We're crossing
2: state lines. International, come on.
3: It's actually international. We have people in six countries listening to us. No way. Yeah.
2: We've got a following in Scotland. It's
3: a big deal, yeah. Scotland? Yeah. How did that happen?
2: It's because of my great William Wallace impersonation. I'm certain (laughs) of it. They said, spot on, the guy's Scottish, dude.
3: We have, yeah. (laughs) Huh. So it's really cool because our platform will tell us where people are listening. And there's people in six different countries listening to us, which is pretty neat.
1: Okay. Well, I'm still upset with you, but I think that's really awesome.
3: So I want to know, with your international
1: podcast... Yeah. (laughs) What are you going to do to make this up to me? How are you going to, and I also want to say, I, because I was so excited about being on your podcast, I told all these people that I work with, hey, you need to listen to my brother's podcast. So I'm like all excited that they're hearing my episode. And then the very next episode, I'm like, oh good, we're going to get them hooked. And then I listen and it's like, what the, (laughs) seriously, you totally, and it wasn't even me.
2: Yeah, and I did feel almost guilty about the fact that people you worked with
1: almost all and didn't right.
2: you say that no one directly addressed it with you, but you yeah. could just kind of tell from I their can facial tell. expressions. <laughs> the
1: judgment of it all. Everybody's looking at me like now they know I fart.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, the other thing is because you said to me once, "Why would you do this to your sister?" and I said. I did it because you're my sister. If you were a brother, this wouldn't even be funny. That's
1: true. It's not funny that a guy
2: farts, but you say a girl farts. It's hilarious.
3: Yeah, only if it's true. Well, here's the thing, Clyde. I think you admitting it is not enough to pay back your dear sister. Who has done so much for you all these years? I was
2: hoping that would be retribution enough.
1: I want
3: you wearing a mini skirt, rubbing my feet for 20
2: minutes. <laughs> Absolutely not. Now, I will wear a mini skirt, but I will not touch your feet.
1: I want a mini skirt and I want it posted on your website.
2: <laughs> Intriguing. Dude, why?
3: Internationally. Dude. <laughs> all right. If you don't like that, then what is your. Counter offer. Counter offer.
2: My counter offer, Claudia, is I will embrace my role as your dog's uncle, Finally. and I will take them for <laughs> one walk in your neighborhood. One.
1: I think it's gonna ha- it's gonna take more than that, don't you think? Rosie? I, yeah,
3: I think it. This is. I mean, he's that's all not damaged
1: My reputation.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think maybe the miniskirt. And walking his (laughs) dogs? Yes! How about
1: you post a picture online of you in a miniskirt holding all three of my dogs?
3: And the tagline should be, these are my nieces and nephew. Copper is my spirit animal. (laughs) Hump away. (laughs) Clyde's pretty good at that. (laughs)
2: All right. So here's the thing.
3: <laughs> he doesn't even acknowledge no. it. You I know how many times I have to shoo him off of my leg? I mean, seriously, <laughs> it's way worse than Copper. I knew what Copper
1: was doing. I know.
3: Copper's like, I've seen Clyde do it. It must be okay.
2: As a self-respecting homo sapien, I cannot call your dogs my niece and nephew. So I am actually going to take up your first offer I will post a picture of me wearing a mini skirt.
1: I want the Gonzo socks in the picture.
2: I actually brought the Gonzo socks <laughs> with me on this vacation. They're in my suitcase. I haven't worn them yet. Okay. But.
1: I, if you do this, I will feel vindicated.
2: Okay. And you will forgive me?
1: Yes. You promise not to d- ever tell people again that I fart.
2: Okay. <laughs> I promise that I will never publicly blame that on you again.
3: He doesn't know what to say. Does it. He's so confused. Okay, but I also feel like this isn't completely good enough. I think that right now in front of our worldwide audience, Ooh. you need to give a decent apology.
2: So let me turn so I can look Claudia in the eye.
1: I can't do it and keep a straight face. We never look at each other. I know. This is the first time I tried to make eye contact. You can't make November's be touchy, really. Okay, go ahead, Clyde.
2: Okay.
3: Now, I want you to put as much effort into this apology as you put into that poorly written speech about the (laughs) fart. Claudia? Yes, Clyde?
2: (laughs) You and I... Go back years. You've always been like a sister to me. (laughs) (laughs) You've always been there for me. Except for when you were off partying with your friends (laughs) and that year you disappeared to London and no one knows what the hell you were doing. But you've always been there for me. I mean, we've been roommates. We've been friends. I talk to you all the time on the phone. And it deeply hurts me that something I said may have brought you public shame. I mean, we all know you've been embarrassed of me for years. I cannot take
1: this seriously. Okay, go ahead. Claudia,
2: I am being 100% serious right now.
1: It's the eye contact that's blowing me.
2: (laughs) Claudia, no, look in my eyes. Okay,
1: Okay, okay. Do you want me to hold your hand, Clyde? No,
2: don't touch me. Now I have to start over.
1: This is the longest apology I've ever received. Like I forgive you. Just stop talking. I just. I
2: I need you to know. Okay. That from the bottom of my heart.
1: And miniskirt.
2: I would like to
1: say. Oh no.
2: I'm sorry.
1: Okay. Does that count, Rosie?
2: I really am sorry. I did feel a little bad after the fact. So that's part of the reason. Probably
1: because I... I called and chewed you out. Oh,
2: yeah. Well, yeah. actually, I just put the phone on mute. But I picked, <laughs> like, I picked, I picked it up after, after up. about 30 minutes and you were still like, and another thing. <laughs> <laughs> How dare
1: you tell people that I fart? Yeah. I am a lady.
2: Yeah. So I'm sorry. I will post the picture I will make this right, and I promise I will never make up a lie about you again, at least not for a while. That has to
1: do with
3: farting. Yeah. (laughs)
2: Wait, so other lies are okay?
3: Well, I pretty much
1: expect it from you.
2: Interesting.
3: Okay, I feel like that was an okay apology. Thank you. Should we shake hands?
2: Again, don't touch me.
3: You are
1: shaking my hand.
2: All right, fine. Here we go. <laughs> One,
1: two,
3: three. <laughs>
2: Dude, why is your hand all sweaty? I oh,
1: know. We need to turn the air
0: back
2: up. And-
3: so <laughs> kind of awkward. I
2: know. Your and reputation so you of a know, good AC is dying right now.
3: Audience. This is what apologizing is like in the November November household. household. Nobody takes it
1: seriously.
3: Normally, when people apologize, they're sincere and they're like, "I am so sorry." But didn't mean to hurt your feelings. In the November household, it takes officially fifteen minutes to get an apology (laughs) out.
2: I know. If you thought that was a gag for the podcast, it wasn't. That's legit.
3: The person who is receiving the apology is laughing through the (laughs) entire thing. Totally Welcome to the November family. I
1: know. Well, I'm, I'm sure if you guys ever get in an argument and you're and he's trying to apologize to you, that has got to be the most unbearable thing for it, you. Yeah,
3: <laughs> trust me. I just call him an idiot and tell him to shut up most of the time. <laughs> Well, Claudia, it's been another great episode. Thank you for coming on board. Yeah,
1: thanks for staying with us. It's been really fun having you
3: guys.
2: Thanks for being our first reoccurring guest on the show. That's
3: right. You're the first. Yeah. Yeah. So it's always fun hanging with you. And we just love you so much and appreciate you and everything you do for us. Love you guys, too.
2: And also, audience, we'd like to thank you for joining us. Remember, you can visit our website at ilovemyidiot.com.
3: That's right, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter.
2: And I'll get that picture up on Facebook as soon as I can find a miniskirt that fits me.
3: It's not going to be pretty, folks, but it'll happen. Sorry, we'll go to Goodwill. We'll get it right
2: away. Look, the segment is over, Claudia. Turn your voice off over there. My goodness. That's
1: what you get for telling people I fart.
2: <laughs> the closing segment is ours.
1: Sorry. sorry. sorry.
2: Get the hell out, Claudia. Dude, it's
1: my house.
2: Where's Roy? Roy! <laughs> Come control your wife. No, that, that's typical first child syndrome. You can't let go of control. All right, she leaned away from the mic. Thank you.
3: It's almost oh, me. you're back.
2: It's like a tractor beam, isn't it? <laughs> I'm sorry. All right, let's end this.
3: Thanks, listeners. We appreciate that you listen to us every week, and we'll talk to you again next time.
2: Remember to tell your idiot that you love them. Dad said, if you play on the stairs,
0: you are going to
2: fall down and we're going to have to go to the hospital.